I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Today, we are hosting the wonderful and energetic Executive Director Bill Ginther from Lethbridge Soup Kitchen. We're going to talk about how the Lethbridge Soup Kitchen has expanded over the years. We're going to talk about how you, as a Lethbridge resident, can get involved to help the Lethbridge Soup Kitchen. And we're going to talk about some social issues that Bill faces and sees every single day. Thanks for tuning in. Podcasting from Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. This is connecting your community, building community through unity, through unity. Getting things done takes activism and Blaine Higgin and Mallory Christiansen have come together to share firsthand community voices, bringing awareness to community issues, watching how other communities handle like problems and sharing their successes, connecting, connecting your community. Here are your hosts. Blaine Higgin and Mallory Chris Jansen. This is going to be an awesome podcast. Bill, I am one of your number one supporters at the Lethbridge Soup Kitchen. I have volunteered on and off with you guys. This is going to be a podcast that is going to shed some light to maybe some social issues that are happening in the community. We're going to talk about how people can get involved with Lethbridge Soup Kitchen, but also your experience. So before we get started, tell everyone about who you are and a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, my name is Bill Genther. I'm the executive director of the Lesbridge Soup Kitchen. Have been for just over three years. My third unretirement job, and I <laughs> came to it. Um, the reason I, I became interested is that I have spent most of my adult life in um, international relief and development work, focusing on food insecurity and food security. And when this little ad, which was a tiny little ad in the newspaper, um, showed up, I looked at it and said. Hmm, the whole thing about food security, that's an issue here as well. And so it's something I really would like to do. So that's what we've done. I just sort of stepped into a role that uh, with an organization that had done the same thing over and over again and done it well for 33 years, but very limited. And so we decided to expand upon that. And that's okay. what we're doing. So you you know, and I have, I, I have, I yeah. have seen that lately because it seems <laughs> the soup kitchen the last while, these last few years, I've heard so much about it. So mm. you're, you're getting that message out. It's fantastic. And I guess further on to what you were, you were discussing, Bill, is, is the, what is the role of the soup kitchen in, within our community here in Lethbridge? Well, if, if I narrowed it down to the mission statement, it's a simple one. Provide a hot meal yes. to those in need in the community. A hot meal. A hot meal. A hot meal. A hot meal at that point. And we did that for a long time. Now, I took the place of an executive director who was a volunteer who, uh, you know, bless her heart, worked really hard yes, to put did. something together with some church groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but they stayed everything stayed the same so she was 88 when she retired and I was a young hire at 68 so <laughs> I kind of thought wow look at all this energy in 68 years old and that's a few years ago and you can do the math um, so we have really felt strongly that we can make a much greater different than difference than just for our homeless neighbors. I mean, really, um, there's so many people that need us. We get a lot of food. And I, you know, I, I always say, I don't want to say this publicly, but I will. We get a lot more than we can handle. Absolutely. Way more. Because I say no to... I don't say no to anything. Person called me yesterday. Come and pick plums. I came and picked plums. And, and so, know. so on the plum thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you how for does, the plum. How, how does how does that plum? How does Plums grow. I had no yeah. idea. Okay, I'm totally yeah. lost. That plums grow in yeah. Lethbridge. I had no idea. And last year, this fellow wow. told me that they didn't. And then he pruned the trees, and they were just laden. In fact, he's begging for people to come and. Well, pick so them. so sorry. We we yeah. do that sometimes. As Mallory agrees, we'll yeah. veer off sometimes. But yeah. the plum oh, thing, funny. it kind of caught my I attention. I thought, where did you get these plums? But what so. that does to me is that people are aware mm-hmm. enough of what we're doing that they'll call us. And Absolutely. I have a reputation for being the person I will not say no. Yeah. Even if we get mountains like six thousand pounds of potatoes. 
potatoes. We did. And I said, dump them on our yard. And our homeless right. neighbors put them together and in boxes. Absolutely. Okay. We can do that. So two things I have to in focus that, we on. We heard them the one, the one yes. meals. That's what you're going to yes. probably touch okay. on, right? And okay. Like, yeah. We have to focus yeah. on that. So mm-hmm. first off, what you just said is you do not say no. no. And you do not just serve those who are facing homelessness, who are accessing the soup kitchen for, uh, you know, three square meals, not just one, three, we're going to get into that. Mm -hmm. But as someone who has worked with connecting our community, we have also sponsored many, many families who are at risk, who are, you know, struggling gravely as a result of COVID. Mom Mm -hmm. or dad has been laid off. Grandparents are taking care of kids. We've reached out. We were able to assist many families, dozens of families because of your guys' support as well. That's community and that's collaboration because, hey, we got kids who are starving. Hey, Mallory, I just got extra granola bars, juice boxes. Come over. We got some extra goods. You gave them to us so we can get back to the community. That is collaboration and that is community working together. But let's get back. So one meal. How many are you guys providing to our community now since you've stepped up as the executive director? Well, I feel really bad that we don't yet have anything on Sunday other than the evening meal, which we call Chef's Table, oh, which is amazing. And I think you've been there yep. for that. Oh, yes. Maybe you have as well yeah. with tablecloths and, yes. uh, and live entertainment. And we even had dancing this yep. past week. Uh, so we want to do whatever we can to normalize things for people and to an extent, I mean, realize that people that are dealing with severe addictions will never be totally normalized as such until they move beyond that. But we want to provide an atmosphere that uh, respects their dignity, enhances their dignity. And you, you can't do that by doing one meal a day. Come one meal a day. Uh, no. Uh, what about breakfast? A very important meal. In the past, for 30 plus years, we were bringing donuts and things like that to the uh, shelter. And mm-hmm. they would hand them out and they'd give some coffee. But you have a lot of diabetics as well. Now, yes. sugar is not the ideal thing. And to start your day with a donut, I had one tin bin. I shouldn't have. But, you know, I mean, the, the amount of sugar you have there. And you do that over and over again. We said, we need to have a breakfast program. We, we introduced that two and a half years ago. Uh, very successful. Of course, you can come for a hot meal. And of course, we have great staff, great volunteers who help with that. And so we did that. And then we were approached by a local organization to maybe do an evening meal. We said, yeah, we have the facility. It's sitting here. Let's do it. It's got a kitchen. And it's a great kitchen. work out well. So we decided to take it over and we've done that. And so we, again, have amazing people that make it a place to be. And so I think above all, we're trying to tell people that we want to provide for you in the same way that you and I. We assume we have three meals a day. I probably shouldn't, but we assume <laughs> that that's an opportunity for us. And because we have that product, yes. let's just do it. Um, we currently provide for 11 different organizations. COVID has has put a damper on that, but mm-hmm. many, many organizations, YWCA, the, the, the Women's Shelter, Harbor House, uh, Boys and Girls, etc. And I am constantly putting the word out to the general public saying, hey, do you want to come and pick up, for example, we get a lot of food from Hutterites. I learned something about Hutterites. They do not do leftovers. So we get them all. Absolutely. And That's so, so beautiful. I, I, I was there last night again, and we our freezer is overflowing with ready-to-warm-up Hutterite meals. Yeah. And so I put the word out, but people can't get there because they don't have cars. And yeah. so I, sometimes I put the word out, and I get three people, and I know there's, there's hundreds that are needing it. And so yeah. it's a distribution problem. Everywhere. So, Bill, before we take a break, I just want to share one thing about your Sunday meal, and this is mm-hmm. going to touch my heart mm-hmm. big time. Mm-hmm. I have worked and served individuals who have faced chronic homelessness for a very long time. 
and one gentleman and I was volunteering with you guys on the Sunday night, the live music, and it is a place where people can find their dignity again as well. They're not treated with any type of stigma. They're not looked down upon. It is an organization. If you've created this atmosphere that they have dignity. So this gentleman who I actually worked for for quite some time, um, his last meal was a Sunday night meal. And I remember before, because he had died the next morning, and I remember before he left the soup kitchen, he said, I actually feel like I'm a human here. That's what you guys do for individuals who are facing chronic homelessness. And to know that that was his last meal before he passed Mm -hmm. away, that's a blessing. So thank you. Let's take a break. This is Connecting Your Community with Blaine Higgin and Mallory Chris Jansen. We'll be right back after these messages. There's a new art shop in town. What? Watercolors, acrylics, pastels, brushes, oils, canvas, and paper. Oh! Where? It's new. The Art Room at Smith's Audio on 13th Street North. For high performance sound. And super art supplies. Freddy's Paint is all about saving you time and money. With quality Benjamin paint and our helpful design and paint professionals. Freddy's Paint, voted best of the best, 20 years running. Freddy's Paint and Details, 210 17th Street South. Most trusted name in electronics and sound systems, Smith's Audio, 13th Street North. Wait, what? What? Most trusted name in electronics and sound systems, Smith's Audio, 13th Street North. North. Good guys, great stuff. Bill, you have been around for three years serving directly at the Leper Soup Kitchen. And again, my own experience. Are you seeing generations of homelessness? Yes. Um, very thankfully, uh, we're seeing fewer and fewer families. Uh, you know, we used to have, for, for a time, we had families of, of uh, like two or three y- younger kids would come in. Of course, then you think, no, this is not the place for you, even though we're open to that. But I wouldn't want my three-year-old for your granddaughter coming necessarily and sitting with all of these people who have so such a uh, you know a long list of issues. Not that I keep them from doing that. I encourage them to come, but to come there regularly. And this is your life. No, there's better options out there. So we do see that. I'm often asked, why do we continue to have the same problem with homelessness? Why? Well, I think it's a simple solution that we're not willing to address, and that is that if we put resources into families with young children now and Mm. taught them how to bring up their children and taught them how not to introduce them to substance abuse. Um, 20 years. Education, education, education. Are you talking about early intervention, something that maybe we need more of in this community? Absolutely. Seems pretty simple, but we're not willing to do it. 20 years down the road, we're going to have exactly the same problem with different people. I know. And what, what I've, you know, witnessed is, I was serving mom and dad or auntie and uncle. And now we are almost desensitively inviting their children on our streets right now. And we have a, you know, a very large youth population, a very young population who are calling our streets home right now. What are we doing? Well, one of the biggest issues that I see there, and I think others clearly identify with that, is that they have nothing to do. So you bring the young people in from the local reserves or wherever they come from, uh, they hang. And hanging results in trouble. Nine times out of ten, if you're hanging with a group of like-minded people, 
somebody's going to have an idea to do something stupid, and they will. Mm-hmm. And either it's drinking, or it's using drugs, or it's it's causing trouble for people. It's um, stopping people on the street, asking them for something, etc. What we need more than anything else right now is a place for people to go. We need a community drop-in center. It's desperately. Right. We've talked about it how many years. Yep. Nobody does anything. Okay, it's, so kind of, it's, a, like it's a meaningful yep. daily activity, Absolutely. right? And it seems so, so often that is found in other locations. Yeah. As you said, you get together as a group, and you make that meaningful daily activity, but it may not be the activity that is, is conducive. Yep. Right. So having having a place to do that. So sorry to interrupt, but, Mallory. You know, no, us. that's a yeah. good point, but there's also a fine line of daily meaningful activity. That's not just coming around and, you know, playing cards. No, daily meaningful activity is also building life skills. Yeah. It's Absolutely. building opportunity to help engage individuals to get back reintegrated into the, their community, right? And I often think too, like, I mean, serving as many people as I have is, you know, I offered them a shovel one day. And you know what they wanted to do? They wanted to go to houses, make their own money, I know. shovel the driveways, right? And we're not giving them that opportunity to actually build on life skills, whether it's volunteer opportunity, paid opportunity, you know, and even just that trauma-informed counseling, those resources, those referrals, yeah. we're not I doing mean, it enough. You know what? I, we're supposed just, to just came to my mind as you're people. talking about that. And it's, I mean, obviously we're a little off script here, but I do want to talk yeah. about something. <laughs> when I was living this back in early 90s, I was living in, in Brazil, in Sao Paulo. And uh, each day I would go out to the downtown core and I had met this boy that was sitting, um, he was on the side of the of the C train mm-hmm. or the subway system. And he was there with, um, he, had, he was shining people's shoes. Mm-hmm. This boy was seven years old. His brother was four years old, didn't know where his parents were. So I would stop there and get my shoes signed, whether they needed them or not, they could be perfectly clean. Yeah. And seeing someone actually working to try Absolutely. to make a difference. And so I, I, I went through one time, he says, well, what, what else do you need? He says, well, I'm looking at, they've got these really great boxes that the, the pole comes up and the person can put their shoe on it there. And mm-hmm. so went out and, and, and purchased them this stuff to, to do this business. Yeah. About two weeks later, there's a lineup of people, him and his four-year-old brother are now doing this business and, they're, and, and yeah. they just could not keep up with it. Yeah. And it was yeah. just something to do, something to carry, you know, to, to feel like you're worth yeah. uh, something. And, and, and it was just amazing what they were doing. Yeah. Well, I think sure. meaningful activities can start very, very small. Uh, because if you have nothing to do, whatever you introduce becomes meaningful. And we've looked at our meals as meaningful activity. Absolutely. It really is because we've created the environment. Uh, uh, we've renovated our building to the extent that we're, we're able to because it belongs to the city. Uh, we've repainted. We've, new, you know, new flooring, new new furniture. I've seen it. It has, it, has, it has really, it's it, it's very new looking and it's been fantastic and a lot of work that has come in. I do have a question here yeah. about uh, uh, some of the gaps of services that we've noticed over the years. How do we how do we fill these gaps with, throughout our community? community? Well, I think the uh, gaps we know are all there. I think we can very quickly identify what they are. So what We've kind of, a little bit of them. So yeah. we have a lot of people who listen and follow us, you know, all over Alberta, right. Canada, international, right? right? And so tell us what are some of the, even the social issues just to let followers and listeners know. Well, the biggest thing for me is homelessness. People have no place. There are no homes available. And we talk about, in fact, this sounds like I'm going to be negative on the city and I don't mean to be that, but we have a program in the city called Housing First. I call it Housing last, only because I look at the years that have gone by, the people that have been placed into that role, some good people, but I don't see any housing. I do yeah. not see places. And I have heard, and you, you've heard this as well, twice we've had a, a news conference, uh, millions of dollars rolled out for 44 beds. 
I don't see a thing. So the biggest gap there is that we don't have the housing that people need. So therefore, they, they stay homeless. They will never get beyond that. And Housing First has a simple philosophy, and that is provide the housing first, deal with the issues later. We're trying to deal with the issues Absolutely. and not the housing. That's Absolutely. a really That's big right. gap. The other That's big right. gap is that we as organizations don't work together as well as we should. Co- collaboration isn't there to the same extent because it has to do with money. And the other thing is we have silos. You've heard of silos. We all have our own little slice, just like handing out uh, bag lunches in the in vault gardens that are around the city when it's not needed. Like, why are we doing that? There's funding attached to it. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel good that I'm doing something. But are you really... So those are the gaps. The gaps are communication. The gaps are housing. The gaps are a non-willingness, not proper English, but an unwillingness to work together, I think, are the major gaps. Yeah, There's more. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we've, you, you, I've, I've picked up something about your, your commenting about Galt Gardens. Well, mm-hmm. I think everybody needs a lunch. Everybody needs needs uh, uh, a, a meal. Yep. So expand a little bit on that because I am noticing that there's there's a, an influx of, of individuals hanging out in Galt Gardens. So you had mentioned that they're they're handing out lunches. Is that not why why would that be be yeah. wrong i guess yeah. well it certainly isn't wrong uh, but if you're duplicating a service that's already there and you are almost interfering with the process that's there for us and we don't want to be the be all and end all mm-hmm. but we're the only organization that i know of in the city that is set up specifically to provide hot meals we're doing that three times a day and seven almost seven days a week and we uh don't understand i don't understand why would i if i'm a homeless person why would i by walking three blocks or whatever it may be, uh, why would I rather stay uh, and wait for someone to hand me a bag lunch when what that does is... a hot meal. There's that compare. So how do you define a meal? A meal to me has never been a bag lunch. One bag lunch a year for me is good. Why would somebody want that every day? And what it does is it makes that organization look good. And this sounds a bit controversial, but it, it is true. It does make them maybe feel a little bit good as well. But when I... Purposely, I ride my bike every morning. Nine times out of ten, nine days out of ten, I'll ride through Gall Gardens because I know the people there. I'll check on them. Are they still Absolutely. alive? Absolutely. Right? Yep. These are people I know. Yep. And I see how many partial eaten uh, sandwiches or bagged lunches strewn throughout Gall Gardens. So is it needed? Obviously not. So do they know now? So, so which brings a question to me. Do they know that there's three hot meals a day over at uh, the soup kitchen. Every Could single that be human a question? being in our community knows that this there's three should square know that meals. Also. Then, right? Let me give you a quick example of that. We introduced our first uh, brunch. We hadn't done it before. Sunday lunch, I should say. Uh, it'll now be brunch starting this Sunday. But we I only put a notice out on our you know, a few posters around. Uh, we were getting about 40, 45 people. That's down for all kinds of reasons. And I could explain those. Um Word got around that we were having that meal. There were 87 people that Absolutely. day. Absolutely. So word gets around very so, quickly. So they know. Those Absolutely those that, that, know. that are looking for those meals will know that there are the three Absolutely. three hot meals over there. Yep. So, Bill, I, I definitely want to just say thank you for mm-hmm. everything that you do for our community, your staff, your volunteers. Now, if there is anyone watching that is from Lethbridge that wants to jump on board to serve, volunteer, and, and be yep. part of the community that you've brought in at the Lethbridge Soup Kitchen, can you let mm-hmm. us know how they'd reach out to you? Well, one of the things that has happened to us because of COVID, uh, everything's blamed on COVID, but we had about 850 volunteers. Uh, we have about, we've lost about 90% of those. Yep. 
temporarily. Ninety percent of draw. It, it is temporary. Yes, yeah, absolutely. and we are down to about fifty or sixty yep. people from eight hundred and fifty. Yep. Now, there's it works for us because we had some people step up. Uh, unbelievable. I was going to say you're doing three hot meals yep. and with those many volunteers. Yep. The first thing we did is we changed our way of serving. We now serve people at the table. Yep. We we set the table not too far in advance because we want to keep it hot. Uh, we set the table. We have a hostess, and you've done that, Valerie. That's my favorite job at the soup kitchen. Being the hostess. Who leads like them that. to the table? And they sit down. That's we, what I actually did at the last time I was there. It was awesome. We've also taught, maybe isn't the right word, that you you don't just hold your coffee cup in the air when you want a coffee. Because Absolutely. you wouldn't do that in a restaurant either. And people have told me that I feel like I'm in a fancy restaurant here. And so what we need is... Now that some of the teachers have gone back to school, yes. some of the chefs have gone back to the restaurants, we, we do need some people. We've reduced the number of people because we used to need eight to 12. We now need six. We yep. can do with six. So th- that helped us. Another huge thing for me relating to dignity is that we used to have them whole, have a tray and push it along a uh, shelf. No more. Yep. That is done forever. We will forever serve yep. people at the table, yep. and they are seated and they're treated like guests. They are our guests, and uh, we, mm-hmm. the the uh, uh, ne- next door neighbors to us, have always called them clients. In my first day, I said, "This is no business relationship. None. They're not paying us for this. Absolutely, we're serving them. Yep. And service. so, and our service. I, I want to make sure I add this. Our service is based on on on." Matthew 25. Now, that may not be popular here, but it is. It's based on what you've done for the, quote, least of these you've done unto me. That motivates us. Bless your heart, Bill. So on behalf of Blaine and I, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you to all the volunteers who step up to serve at the Lethbridge Soup Kitchen. And thank you for giving dignity back to those who may feel like they've lost theirs. Thank you, Bill. You've been listening to Connecting Your Community with Blaine Higgin and Mallory Chris Jansen. Join us next time as we continue to discuss community topics and how all of us together can make a difference. Remember, there is no community without unity.